This podcast represents my opinion and the opinion of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I am not establishing a patient-physician relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions you may have. Welcome back, everyone. We are here for another exciting episode of the Not Your Doc podcast. Howdy. I'm your host, Vanessa, and we're joined here today by Mr. Not Your Doc himself, Dr. Charles Tadros. How are you, Dr. Tadros? Very well. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. Another gorgeous day here in St. Louis. I know, yeah. And we should introduce Seth. Seth is our producer, our editor and producer. We should say hi to him occasionally. Um, and, and because he's always here, he's yes, always he been, is. he's always been here. <laughs> yeah, people don't know that because they don't have any video of us yet. Uh, so, uh, but uh, Seth, say hey, Seth. Hello, everybody. Can hey. you hear me? Okay. Hello. I think so. Right. Sure. Yeah. No, it's nice to get a little recognition. I forget that I'm here sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I love sitting through these conversations. I learn well, thank a lot you. every week. Oh. Seth's handiwork is all over our our tape. Yeah, uh, I, I call it our tape, tape. Even if there, there's no tape. <laughs> It's all over our phonographs. Pretty soon we're going to move up to burnt CDs. Yes. Uh, You know, I I don't know what they call it. Our file. Eight tracks. Our our audio audio file. Our audio file. Yeah, no, for sure. And the design of our, our, like, what you see when you go to YouTube, like, all that kind of stuff. Seth is all over this. Thank you, Seth. You've been awesome. Well, thank you. All right, so... Um, today we're going to go for another non-medical, but I still think highly relevant topic. I like the non-medical ones because we get to share yes. our opinions based on our experience. And, um, you know, Dr. Tadros and I talk for hours and hours about this kind of stuff anyway. So it's good to turn into a finished product. But, um, okay, so uh, it, it's a highly relevant topic, as I said, and I think it affects many people in life. And the topic is marriage. Amen. Mowage. It's what brings us here together today. If you if you know your movie if references. If you know your Princess Bride references. Right. Um, so I think everyone in our listening audience will have some familiarity with marriage. Like whether or not, whether they have been married themselves or are married or are close friends or family with someone who is married or has been married. Um, I think we've all had some level of exposure to marriage and many of us have strong feelings about um, what constitutes a good or bad marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think many people also have strong feelings about whether marriage itself is even worthwhile, um, whether it's because they think marriage is an outmoded religious convention or it's just not necessary for a happy life. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think that long-term partnership and cohabitation or, or living together long-term is just as good, uh, socially, financially, relationally. Um, today, Dr. Tadros and I are going to take somewhat different sides of this issue. I think we're going to have a lot of overlap, but, um, I do think that initially the way we break down on this is actually going to surprise people a little bit (laughs) considering our, um, our demographics, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah well you know it's it's okay i think I, hopefully we modeled uh, you know it's interesting i as i because we brought this topic up just a couple of days ago i've i've thought more i've I'm dropping off to sleep waking up in the shower i'm yeah. like i'm like oh my gosh i need to write this down and i need to write this so all of a sudden it's like oh maybe i need to modify this so i'm glad that we brought this up it made me think deep more deeply awesome i love that that's i think that's the goal of all these talks anyway. okay so um i'll actually i'll start with my own position And that is that I think marriage, um, both the social convention and the formal commitment itself, um, is a good thing and not an outdated religious practice that we don't have any use for anymore. And I'm even going to go as far as to say that I think it is better than long-term cohabitation or Mm -hmm. or long-term partners living together. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's better for long-term happiness, relationship satisfaction, and financial stability Um, My opinion is built on my own personal experience with marriage as well as on data about marriage in the United States. And I'll go into each of those things later, but I want Dr. Tadros to introduce his point of view as well. Well, sure. Um, Thank you. We're going to be talking about marriage kind of in the the traditional 
uh, Western sense. Yeah. Uh, so that's important uh, to, to, to kind of define that because people may define marriage, not not uh, just relationships, uh, long-term committed relationship, but marriage. We're going to talk about marriage specifically. We're going to include, we'll touch on several other things because we're comparing and contrasting sure. this point, counterpoint. Um, I, I and, and we'll explain kind of our, where our backgrounds are. As a physician, uh, not uh, not only have I been married for thirty years, but as a physician, I've listened to uh, lots and lots and lots and lots of couples. Mm-hmm. Uh, oftentimes, as a primary care physician, I took care of of of, of, of uh, entire families, extended families, but oftentimes I would take care of the spouses, uh, uh, etc. Um, and the vast majority of time, marriages work only because, as we know, people make them work. It yeah, takes a lot absolutely. of energy. It takes maturity and a lot of energy. Very intentional. Uh, very intentional and consistent over mm-hmm. time. So even if it's inconsistent, but it still takes over time. Right. But Mike, I, I approach it from a different perspective. Uh, most of us, uh, first marriages are young, probably typically less than age 30. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, certainly uh, marriage is, uh, is one of the sources of joys and one of the sources of angst and unhappiness. For sure. <laughs> um, so... What I've, I've, I've approached it from, uh, partly what you say, but I also, uh, I'll quote unquote, give people permission. It doesn't really come from me, obviously. Yeah. But I, I allow people to say different things that may not be acceptable to say within their with, to their partner, et cetera, to be able to say it out loud and not get the shock uh, feeling from um, uh, their physician. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and, um, um, and I, I want people to think of, about their marriage differently than whenever they first were married. And, uh, and I think that strengthens uh, their, uh, their beliefs in their marriage or really makes them think uh, that it's acceptable to start questioning if marriage is right for them or was ever right for them. Mm. And that's sometimes scary for people to even broach that so to their own mind, let alone say it out loud. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so I, I approach it from somewhat different angle. But we should start off by saying kind of our own histories and, and our, our, our parents' histories. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll, I'll start with that. So um, I'm the product of a set of parents that have been married for 36 years. So they got married before they had me. Mm-hmm. Um, and both sets of their parents, who are lo- amazingly you know, uh, still with us, have both been married for 55 years plus. So mm-hmm. I've come from a long line of long marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also married to a man whose parents have been married for a long time as well. And he's got, um, you know, aunts and uncles that are in long-term relationship marriages too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Eric and I are going on our sixth year of marriage Congrats. together. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's taken a lot of work and determination and persistence and we'll get it more into that later. But, um, in general, I've had lots of exposure to not just happy marriages and pe- like couples who are just like, oh man, they're so great together, but hard fought marriages. Mm-hmm. I've seen, um, especially my parents, my parents modeled um, conflict resolution and growing through different seasons together mm-hmm. and um, grow- working on maintaining their, their friendship together more than anything else. So I think in general, I approach I have a high regard for marriage in general. I think that it is a, a good and healthy thing and that it can lead people to be happier, more productive, and more stable over the course of their lives. Yes. So wonderful. Yeah. It's 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 wonderful to hear when people are uh, been married for years and uh, are still fans of it. Uh, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. My parents are long deceased. Uh, I was just calculating this. Both of my my da- my father was born in twenty seven, and my nineteen twenty seven, and my mother in nineteen ninety three or nineteen thirty three. She's not a baby. Woo. She's uh, so my parents have been. Dis- they both died at age sixty five, but they were both married for thirty years before my father passed away. He passed mm. away first. Um, so. I, I come from a, a Christian Arab culture where um, the Coptic Orthodox uh, uh, marriages, uh, n- n- nobody divorced. Uh, right. They could live in misery. They could poke each other's eyes, eyes out, but nobody <laughs> nobody got a divorce. It wasn't. Mm. It, I wasn't taught that. Um, I, I, whenever I, we moved to the United States, whenever I was about seven or eight years old, um, and we, we joined the Christian church, uh, the Episcopal Church here in, in Southern Illinois, where I grew up, um, that was a big deal uh, about uh, uh, marriage. Um, and, and nuclear family and kids, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. So that certainly was not necessarily directly taught, but certainly it was modeled, just like sure. you said. Yeah. I myself have just celebrated 30 years, uh, so I'm up there with my parents now. 
Uh, God you. bless Julie. Yes, yes. She, she, she was excited that I was going to do this podcast. No, she no. wasn't. No she, no, she wasn't. But uh, To impart your great wisdom. That's right. Uh, the, the, so I, I also, I also uh, and I have brothers who also have been married mm-hmm. uh, uh, the high, uh, for many years. Also, I'm the eldest of three boys. Um, and also, we have modeled the same same thing: mm-hmm. uh, long, long-term relationship, committed to a relationship that is filled with trust, a voluntary commitment from from our youth that we that we we stick by because we we help it grow. Right. Um, and that's I think what we need to talk about: the trust and the growth, um, and the voluntary nature of all this. Yeah. Uh, we uh, when we commit in front of people, oftentimes sometimes there's civil unions or civil marriages mm-hmm. uh, in front of the judge of, uh, justice of peace, but we say it in front of people for a reason. And we commit voluntarily for a reason. Right. Um, and then the question about trust, not just trust for the day or the week or the month, but for decades. Um, and as we all know, it's hard to win trust and it's very easy to, to, to lose, lose it. it. For sure. Um, for me, marriage is not equal to, and people just automatically, and my young foolish mind, I won't tell you how embarrassed I should be, uh, but my, you know, marriage is not equal to, equal, it's not the same thing as having kids. Yeah. Not the same thing as unconditional love. Right. Not initially, at least. Mm. I think that's the part that grows. Yeah. Uh, unconditional support. Right. My wife thinks I'm a doofus. Um, <laughs> unconditionally admired. Um, uh, it doesn't automatically rub up all your all your engines every time you see your spouse partner. Yeah. It doesn't you don't get tinglys all over? It's not automatically mean financial stability. Right. Uh, it's uh, it does not uh, automatically mean that your extended families are going to meld and in, uh, in, in in harmony. Yes. Uh, so a lot of stuff that people automatically hope or assume uh, for doesn't auto, is not is not necessarily part of marriage. A lot of times we want this to be part of marriage. Um, um, uh, so that's that's kind of where I where I come from. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I also, you know, come from a Christian background where they're, you know, getting married was certainly the the goal that was modeled for us. I mean, mm-hmm. and, you know, and definitely raised in a, in a, you know, in a culture where, you know, sex before marriage and living together before marriage was not permissible either. So not that that culture, those rules kept me from doing any of those things, but still, you know, just the, the getting, getting married was definitely always highlighted as a a good thing to do and certainly a goal. Um, And the reasons for that were definitely about um, companionship, you know, the idea and partnership, the idea that two is better than one, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that you can you can get more done working with another person, you can feel more fulfilled working with another person, Um, you can split duties, household duties, Mm -hmm. finances, taking Mm -hmm. care of children, all of that is so much easier to do when there's more than one of you. Um, I also think too, that, um, you know, while like in my immediate, like church family and culture, uh, divorce was not, you know, permissible or, or, um, encouraged. Mm -hmm. I knew a lot of, a lot of my peers in school were, um, children with divorced parents. Mm -hmm. And, um, this was, you know, in the nineties and early two thousands, um, you know, and a lot of my friends went through, you know, really hard times when their parents divorced when they were young or, or even older, um, you know, divorce was certainly a, a, a pretty, a pretty big trauma. Um, so that, you know, I definitely kind of saw things from that perspective too. Um, I think that, uh, I, I completely agree with you that, you know, uh, that uh, marriage is not unconditional love, financial stability. It is not automatically great sex. It is not automatically Mm -hmm. um, happy children. It is, it, it's not even children. It's Mm -hmm. not even owning a home. It's, um, it's, it's so much more basic than that. And I think that goes back to, you know, partnership and, and trust and belonging. Mm Um, part of my reason for feeling so pro-marriage is because, you know, as we know, like loneliness levels are just totally on the rise, you know, worldwide, but definitely in the United States. Like there's a recent study that says that, you know, over over half of adults um, are lonely mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the person, the age groups that are the loneliest are the youngest among us. So people under 40 tend to be very lonely mm-hmm. um, and, you know, but like basically, you know, old, older than that, and especially baby boomers, 65 plus, um, tend to be much less lonely. Mm-hmm. And one of the differences between those two categories is that um, younger people tend not to be married and in established families and mm-hmm. in close long-term relationships. 
Um, and older people tend to have had the, the benefit of living in that lifestyle for a long time. So mm-hmm. that's certainly um, one of the things that appeals to me about marriage. I, as part of our premarital counseling many, many decades ago, mm. we, uh, we were handed a book, uh, it was, it was, uh, We Marry Strangers. Um, and I've thought about that on and off for a few, more than a few years, and mm. it's true. And, th- and that's actually when I was a physician, uh, not only at the ketamine clinic, but as a primary care physician, a lot of what I saw uh, as people spoke, um, uh, you could tell that um, uh, some of the un- un- unwritten, unsaid, uh, obviously at the time, unsaid assumptions yes. about self or about and the other person, expectations yeah. mm-hmm. were way off base. Right, we were not true to mm-hmm. be, ever uh, to begin with, and certainly did not it did not grow into that uh, marriage. Uh, they, these became truths later. Uh, so um, we we meet each other in, in, in one point in our life mm-hmm. and space and time and, and level of maturity and the level of financial. Uh, 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 debt or freedom mm-hmm. uh, uh but we're all in motion we're all changing mm-hmm. um everything changes us um uh death of somebody else getting a job growing older injuries um uh, 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 even uh, even having children, fin- finances, economy, lots of stuff changes, and some mm-hmm. of the changes are permanent. And that's one of the important things that I had to learn along the way is that um, that that I met my wife at a certain point in our lives that was that was that was uh, I saw her as a wonderful human being. Um, mm. And I saw the her family mm-hmm. and her family uh, interactions with each other, and um, her taking care, they're taking care of her great aunt, uh, uh, and uh, that was that struck my heartstrings as something that I think would be important for for me to be a part to be to help out with to be witness mm-hmm. to to have my children grow into that type of family. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> And it's and I was fortunately correct, and it was not a show. The <laughs> my in-laws are those type of those yeah. types of wonderful people. Um, so, and but I also recognize that we're. And it took me many, many, many years to realize that I was changing. My you know my core my core Chuck Tadros is still there, mm-hmm. but I change. Um, for the better or for worse, sure. uh, I change. And so does Julie and so does everybody else around me. And that's not something I quite grew up with. Mm. <clears throat> you know, the kind of some of the some of the strict uh, nature, some of the perfectionism, some of the other things make, make me, uh, some of the anxieties make you kind of somewhat rigid. Yeah. And um, how to be yourself but be flexible. And I think that would uh, solve a lot of our problems, <laughs> uh, both emotionally, health-wise, physically, health-wise, and socially, uh, uh, social uh, health, um, is that ability to, to to have values that you stick to that mm-hmm. are that uh, that are important to you and your uh, your uh, f- from your past and the ones that you add to yourself, that, uh, even if they're not your parents' values, or grandparents' values, but also be flexible. Mm-hmm. So you allow other people to grow, uh, in in who are who affect you and you affect them. I one thing that I'm that I was hearing you say, you know, when you're talking about the things that you know first attracted to you about about Julie, how she was with her family, how her family interacted, how she took care of her her aunt, um, it those struck me as like very caveman instincts to like you know mm-hmm. want to pick a mate that's going to be a, a good caretaker and s- secure and and loyal and. Um, and helpful and I you know it just it makes me smile thinking that you know, humans have been picking their mates that way for thousands of years and that's exactly what I saw in Eric too when we first uh, met he's from a, a big family he's got a bunch of nieces and nephews he's amazing with kids that was one of the first things that I noticed about him um, other than he's hilarious in the life of the party which is a great um, contrast to me who <laughs> can be I can be very rigid perfectionistic uptight um, he loves to have a good time. He kind of go, he's a go with the flow kind of person. And I knew that I, I needed a lot of those qualities to sort of temper my intensity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, going forward in life. So, um, and you know, the other thing that you were talking about that really resonated with me as well too, is that there's, uh, you know, sometimes we can go into marriage expecting it to be a very specific thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eric and I also had premarital counseling where we talked through, you know, a lot of the issues that we thought we would run into, finances, decisions about having kids, how you would parent, how you want to spend your free time, all that kind of stuff. It's hard to um, really prepare for those things and have those discussions in a vacuum. You know, yes. you can you can put them out there at first, but it really only until you encounter it in, in real life 
Um, do you start seeing what the relationship is made of and what you're made of individually? And um, honestly, like the first couple of years of our marriage were really, really difficult because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we, I mean, I can't speak to, you know, necessarily what was going on in his head, but I definitely what kept bumping up against this realization that like I, I had all of these unwritten expectations mm-hmm. and unstated expectations um, that I didn't even know where they came from at first. But mm-hmm. a, upon, you know, closer inspection, I realized that I expected Eric to be a husband in m- all of the exact same ways that my dad was a husband yes. to my mom. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wanted him to be handy and a leader and proactive and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, take initiative on projects. And that's just... You know, the, those are just qual, you know, wonderful qualities that my dad had, but they're not necessarily the same strengths and qualities that Eric has. Right. Um, and it, you know, it took us a lot of of conflict to sort of realize that, like we we had to come to a decision point where are we going to like love each other and build a partnership based mm-hmm. on who we actually were, um, or we're were we gonna decide that we we just can't possibly fit together and we're gonna turn. And, and go opposite directions. That That's was right. certainly what we bumped up against. And honestly, it was the formal structure of marriage, which I hope we can talk about next, kind of like the symbolism of mm-hmm. marriage um, that, you know, kept us persevering through those really difficult times. Yeah. I, I have two daughters that are recently married. One married about uh, two, two years ago mm-hmm. and the other one just married uh, about a month ago. And uh, essentially what I've asked, when my daughters talked about marriage and stuff, I asked them, is he a good guy? And this Mm, is uh, Ryan and Andrew. I'm talking to you guys. (laughs) And that's all I asked. I didn't ask about anything else. Uh, Simple, simple statement. And they, and they unabashedly said yes, without hesitation. That was good enough for me. So we had raised our children well enough so that whenever they told me that this is the the guy for them for Mm -hmm. life, uh, that's all I needed to know. Um, uh, so that, that, that ability to think that somebody's a good person, because that's what it comes down to whenever you're arguing when it, once you are married. Yeah, for sure. Is that you have to see through the crap in yes. order to see the good person behind it. Yeah. Um, and that's certainly what I see with my wife. And that's, uh, that's always what I see with my wife, no matter, no matter whether I disagree with her a little bit or a lot or to- totally agree with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that um, she, uh, <clears throat> and I get weepy at times, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, but that, that, that she's unwavering in how good she is. Um, and, uh, so I think that's the root of any good relationship, especially marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. Like feeling mushy as well. Shout out to my husband. I was going through a really, really hard time with my mental health when we, you know, the, the year we got married and also the year afterwards. I mean, they, mm-hmm. I was not doing well. There were, you know, serious, deep, dark times of depression. And, um, you know, Eric was in the position a lot where he just felt completely overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. what I was going through and, um, maybe not like equipped to do something about it. Mm -hmm. I think many men tend to want to be fixers in any given situation like this. If it's someone they love, they see suffering and they feel like they can't really do anything to end the suffering that that can be extremely, you know, frustrating and discouraging. And, um, to Eric's great credit, like he stuck it out with me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times that meant just him being there with me mm-hmm. and reassuring me that he loved me despite the challenges I was having or the things yes. I was going through. Okay, the the gift and grace. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the gift and grace of being present. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, and he even he's he's done a lot of work himself, too, to acquire more language and more skills to help yeah. me. Um, you know, just more emotional intelligence stuff that so that we can relate more on that level. So yes, that was really important too. Yeah, no matter how many degrees I have to my name, I'm I'm a total idiot uh, about a lot of things. <laughs> uh, so uh, the good thing about marriage for me was that my wife not didn't sit me down and give me a book, but she by example, mm. uh, she, she I, I learned. Yeah. Um, and she stuck, like you said, just like Eric, he's, she stuck by my side as I was learning. The, uh, everything is the hard. I'd never right. do anything easy. <laughs> and I usually don't learn the first time. Yeah. Maybe yeah, not even the second or third time. Yeah. Um, and it's taken me years to figure that out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, your self-esteem and self-worth and self-image are important to, for, to, to give you structure uh, right. without being narcissistic, obviously. Uh, but uh, but to, to be able to be a little malleable, that flexibility, mm-hmm. because you did marry somebody who you think was a good person. And if they're going to say something, that they're probably saying it for a good reason. They're not out to get you. Sure. Uh, 
they're not the enemy. Yeah. Uh, even though sometimes during fights you think that's <laughs> that's the only enemy. Exactly. Uh, but anyway, so I yeah I learned uh, by example, and it, it, it takes years and years. Um, and this is some of the stuff I tried to as I listen to patients uh, and their spouses. I, I tried to impart bits and pieces of this or listen for these pieces. Mm. And I will ask them, what's, what's, what was it like when you first met? What's the best thing you like about that person? They, mm. Everybody gets soft for, yes, a, few, for exactly. a few seconds. They get soft no matter how, no matter how hard the, uh, the discussion yeah. has been about somebody's drinking or, sure. or anything like that, any, uh, any issues. They get soft for a few seconds. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, and it shows that they still remember. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, so let, let's talk a little bit now. I think there's, um, you know, there, okay, so n- now in general, I'm like, I'm referring to this like Pew Research study that we might hit on a couple of times here, but basically the the overall point is that, you know, approval ratings for marriage are on the decline and um, a, a lot more people, younger people especially, feel like not only marriage isn't necessary for happiness, but that, you know, being in a long-term partnership is is basically just as good mm-hmm. as getting married and even maybe even better. Um, so, and, I, you know, some of that can come from, you know, thinking that it's like an outmoded religious convention or that they just don't need the formal ceremony and commitment um, in order to, you know, build a long-term partnership like that together. Um Personally, for me, I think that the 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 symbolism of, you know, making this like formal contract with one another, with mm-hmm. the, the with Eric, with my husband in, in front of all of our family, in front of God and, you know, in front of each other, promising and committing to not quit. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, that's really what it what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Having having that formal structure in place, I, I really, really think um gave us the um, the motivation to persevere through really difficult challenges. Yes. Um, the, you know, it would have been a lot more complicated for us to become divorced, to be unmarried once we were married. Yes. Um, and because of that, we had, you know, kind of this, a little bit of built-in resistance, right? A little built-in right. friction. So it made it harder for us to give up on that commitment to each other. Um I'm I'm wondering what you think about that. If the you know if you know the the goal is long term partnership and commitment with a with another person, um, does does marriage strengthen that? Well, what and I I agree with you and and several thousand years of of history of multiple cultures where marriage um, uh, is is formalized mm-hmm. in, in often in pretty much in public a lot of them yeah. cer- 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 not just ceremonial but cer- ceremonies. Um, it, it tells us that there's a reason behind that yeah. that works. Yeah. Um, um, so part of what, what happens whenever is that you develop um, commitment to some, something or somebody else, something bigger than you, something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Number two, you learn grit and stick to mm-hmm. You learn about empathy. You say, well, I was a kid and my parents and I had pets. And yeah. the answer is there's a big difference between Empathy because you have a brother and sister and a pet versus somebody that you're going to have uh, that you're going to share decades with yeah. who eventually will know you better than your parents. Yes. I don't think people understand this. Yeah. I'm now at this point in my t- uh, my life. I've I've been married. I've been married longer than I've been single. Uh, so uh, and uh, and my wife, uh, you know, knew me within a few years better than my parents because mm. I had not left at home for many years uh, as I was getting my education, etc. So within a, within a few years of her, no, uh, you know, uh, you know, meeting me and uh, our living together, um, she knew me better than my parents yeah. as an adult. Now they knew me as a kid. Sure, sure. So I don't think people understand, uh, or remember, or see that they don't kind of put two and two together. Um, uh, so I think. You're, you're, you're maturing in a different way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're maturing into a relationship. You're maturing. And this is part, uh, and it's important for society, not only for your faith to, to, you know, if you keep the kids in the church or synagogue or temple and, and keeping the faith, but also our, our society, uh, our ability to, to, to have stability mm-hmm. in terms of uh, taking care of everything from property to take care of, 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 of children, all that stuff uh, is important for society, for society to grow and to be stable. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to read a little snippet here from this um, marriage and cohabitation in the U.S. study. The Pew Research Center did this in 2019. It was a pretty extensive study, but they and said what, that. And you say oh, Pew is not, it's not, it's not like P-U, it's P-E-W. P-E-W, yes, right. the, yes exactly. Pew Research uh, Center. 
So um, they actually identified that married adults are more likely than people, long-term partners who live together to say that they feel closer to their spouse or partner than to any other adult. So eight in 10 married adults, 78% say they feel closer to their spouse than to any other adult in their life. Mm -hmm. And a much narrower majority of only 55% of people who live together say that they feel the same about their partner. So I think there's some of that plays out in the data as far as the the closeness that can happen um, when you add in that kind of that symbolic and formal commitment there as well. I'd be interested in how, you know, what, what the mean median mode of, of, of how long people were married or, or partnered yeah. together. You know, is it, if you only been partnered six months and married versus married six months, I suspect a lot, you know, uh, it, it may be different than somebody, both of them been partnered or married for 30 years. For sure. I think when I was looking over the methodology of this study, it was kind of, um, it was kind of all over the place. I mean, not all over the place, but fairly representative <laughs> okay. of new marriages and older marriages, older, older, older people, right. um, younger people, all different types of demographics. We'll link to this study um, in the, in the podcast description so mm-hmm. that people can see it as well. Um, yeah. So I think that, um, I agree with you about the societal implications and we were going to talk about this kind of like the macro, um, the macro implications of marriage as well as the micro, um, you know, obviously two people living together, sharing income, um, you know, they're more likely to be able to buy a house. They're Mm -hmm. more likely to be able to, um, you know, save money together when Mm -hmm. they're living together and sharing resources, which Mm -hmm. leads to greater wealth overall. There are tax benefits for being married as well. Um, There are, you know, plenty of arguments about whether, you know, long-term partners should have access to those same tax, you know, benefits. But this is, you know, just how how it is in the United States is that married married adults have an advantage there. Obviously, you know, having having children very, um, you know, fewer people in the United States believe that it's that married people do better at raising children than unmarried people. But mm-hmm. um, ha- a support in in parenting and raising children is mm-hmm. certainly highly approved of and extremely important. And the most likely place that you're going to get that kind of intense support is when the partners are together or married. Um, society, there's no doubt if you were in a neighborhood and in a, in a culture and a society in your family, your neighborhood, your mm-hmm. city, where uh, where there are uh, these conventions, uh, marriage, former marriage is, is supported, there's no doubt uh, that you're going to tend to last longer uh, because of, of, of just the automatic support and the modeling that you have around you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's talk a little bit about like the the micro effects. So the positive effects of marriage on families, individuals, and children. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously we talked about the um, you know stability aspect for children and you know, modeling those you know um, those relationships is really important. Um, I wanted to bring up that um, married people tend to be less lonely. Um, and overall just have a higher satisfaction rate with their personal relationships, not just their marriages, but other personal relationships, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, plus higher levels of trust and closeness, um, you know, over time. And this was true when, you know, even when the data was controlled for all different kinds of demographic factors. So Mm -hmm. on the whole, um, married people tend to be more financially secure happier in their relationships, um, more trusting and less lonely. So, I mean, I think like that's, that's kind of individual, um, level impacts that would argue for it. What do you think about, I, everybody quotes 50% mm-hmm. divorce. I haven't looked at the 50, if it's been 50% sure, the divorce. divorce yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been decades. Everybody says the same number. I doubt that it's been exactly stable for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think, what do you think, where do you think that falls into this this if you say all these things why mm-hmm. why, why are there divorces well i think i think the arguments for why marriage is good are completely different than the reasons for why divorces occur and why marriages fail right oh really oh completely so it's not just a deficiency of the good stuff exactly. that we listed exactly uh-huh okay. yeah it's not I just see. a deficiency of the stuff that we listed i think that um there there are all kinds of reasons that people end up divorcing mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. getting married very young some sort of catastrophe trauma some marriages should end due to violence abuse yes uh neglect any of those things i think that the the divorce rate itself is not indicative of whether or not marriage is a good thing it's important to differentiate uh, right exactly um and i don't think that like a a fundamentally 
broken relationship that's headed for divorce can suddenly turn around by adding just like one one extra good thing of like going on date nights together or yes i, I don't know any of the other good qualities that we talked about in the marriage well finances i mean children as sure, we know, yeah. you mm-hmm. know the biggest stressors people have with whether that marriage are are, are, are health uh, you know children fine finances children marriage in-laws um, and then religion uh, so those are the kind of the biggest, sometimes the biggest joys, but mm-hmm. also, of course, whenever it's not going well, they're the biggest, uh, the biggest um, uh, uh, stressors yeah. for, for people. Uh, health is in there too, and that includes mental health. Sure, um, and I do think it's important to point out too that like the 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 type of marriage that I'm arguing for is not just like marriage, just a contract signed between two people. I don't think like every kind of marriage is better than every kind of long-term partnership or every other type of way of living. We're talking about a kind of what you listed off at the beginning, you know, a consensual, um, you know, voluntarily joined relationship. um, That's, you know, two, two adults that have considered themselves Mm -hmm. who know themselves, who Mm -hmm. are committed to, doing their own personal work along the way so yes. that they can manage different seasons of change together. Yes. Um, I'm advocating for people uh, to to marry who are, or not for people to marry, but for people to approach marriage from the same point of view that they approach, you know, their, their own mental health or their own, you know, journey to discovery of themselves, right? Like it's a growth process. It's yes. not... There's not an arrival point where all of a sudden, oh, I have a good marriage or I'm, I'm done learning about how this should work. That's right. Um, so I think that that, you know, d- doesn't show up so much in the statistics. Yeah. yeah. For, for guys, I'll, I'll speak for all guys everywhere at all times. <laughs> Do it. I don't. I don't. Of course, I don't. Uh, but I've got the whites after you. Right. No, I don't. But what I've what I've seen, especially for guys who tend to be goal oriented, mm. uh, you know, once I get here, then I can relax and I'm done to finish line. I'll have the, the award or whatever. And the answer, uh, there's probably nothing in marriage or, or or families where it's done permanently forever and it'll stick to it. You know, mm-hmm. it'll stick and, and you'll get to keep the uh, the ribbon and the trophy and, and you'll never have to backtrack and do it again or yeah. do it better. So, uh, so that's that's a challenge for a lot of people who are goal oriented, finish yes. line oriented, yeah. and motivated that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, and that's the challenge. And, and I, certainly, a lot of people are not raised that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so, get the A, get the position, get the advanced degree, get you know, get the get the the, the house, get the car, get. And the answer is. <clears throat> Uh, it's important to have goals. It's important to be flexible on how you get to those goals. Uh, but also it's important to understand that those are your goals and your ideas and your family has taught you about these things or you picked up from your family. You're ma- marrying you're marrying somebody else with totally different yes. family yeah. ideas, ideals, values, goals, etc. A lot of them will overlap with yours, yeah. but sometimes not exactly and not in the same time scale. Right. So you want a car, you know, by the end of this month, uh, she may want a car you know, sometime in the future, whenever you have kids and mm-hmm. all this stuff like that. So all these things are, are very important. I don't think anybody says them out loud until they're in trouble. Yeah. And then and then after these assumptions that you've made and you kind of bang heads, go see counselor, then you finally start seeing, ah, I, <laughs> yeah. I want stability like you want stability. Yeah. But I wanted to do it. I want to do it with Bitcoin and you want to do it by slow investing over yeah. 30 years. So that's that's the problem we run into. Um, and sometimes it's not it's not obvious until it's uh, things that uh, People have been throwing uh, flaming arrows at each other for a few months to a few years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what What do you think people should consider before marriage? Like how how can <laughs> how speak to us from your deep experience yeah. counseling people no. and and being married yourself? Well, I mean, yeah, I don't. I, fortunately, I don't. Nobody comes to me as a primary care physician asks me what to think about before getting married. <laughs> uh, my first worry is that if they have to ask me, we're in trouble <laughs> because they, they they should be more secure in their they should be more secure in their choice and and asking somebody to be married than asking their doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, but anyway. I, I, first things I, I I tell this that my daughters in the same way as a, as a dad of daughters and I grew up with brothers mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, number one are they a good person is yeah. the other person a good person number two do you feel like it's a gift that person is a gift you could mm. not you could not have worked hard enough you don't, could not have deserved enough for that person to love you and care mm. for you this much that they're willing to spend their life with you so number one are they a good person your standards not my standards yeah. number two 
does it feel like like you could not have worked hard enough to deserve this 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 uh, this this marriage uh, that is it's a gift and those are the kind of the two biggest things then those are the two big kind of spiritual metaphysical sure 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 the practical stuff and my wife and I laugh about this uh, Julie and I laugh about this uh, I play Monopoly atrociously <laughs> atrociously. <laughs> Uh, what does that and, mean? And, How does one play Monopoly atrociously? Uh, it's because I I, I just you slam go all the, right, I, right. I go. I'll go for broke. And my wife it drives her bananas because you know she's good old. You know she's 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 very very careful with her money, et cetera. Yes. So this is the same way. And I think really and the interesting about games. It's not just enough. To, I think to write it out with pre-cana or your premarital marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you really need to play games with each other. Mm. Not play games, but play board games, et cetera, because it gives you a hint about how that person works, uh, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, are they greedy? Do they blow everything the first round? You know, go for bust, you know, go for broke, become a millionaire or nothing. Yeah. You know, some of this stuff. Are they ruthlessly right. competitive even right. when it's someone they love? Right. Yeah. So all these <laughs> things actually really, really matter in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting, that's an interesting uh, way to look at it. But so the first thing is the metaphysical spiritual, but the next thing is the practical, just like they try, you know, who, you know, who likes to, who likes to you know, pay the bills, who wants to keep control of sure. stuff, who well, will you be willing to share all these things? What, kids, no, kids sooner, later, yeah. you know, all that stuff. What, how are you going to raise them and what, what type of faith, if any, all that stuff mm-hmm. really makes a big difference. Um, and you're right, until you're faced with that, with that um, choice, really, not just on paper, sure. you really can't tell them. Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that keeps coming to mind for me is the idea of intention. You know, that you should not rush into marriage because you feel these ooey-gooey, like, right. intense sexual feelings for the other person, Absolutely. this intense attraction. I don't think marriage is a thing that should be rushed into. Right. So if your choice is, if you had to make an immediate choice between, like, li- living together or you're going to get married, like, I, I don't know, just marriage should be considered. It should be taken seriously. It should be a commitment not made, you know, rashly or without thought. Um, and I think that some of the components that go into that are, you know, really start with like knowing yourself. Yes. Like what, what things do you bring to the table? What are, Mm -hmm. what are your skills? Mm -hmm. What are your needs naturally? Um, what things make you feel loved? Yes. Um, and then once you know those things about yourself, you can sort of assess how you're a fit with the person that you're attracted to or partnering with or whatever is, do you guys complement one one another? Right. Do you do you provide balance to each other? Do you find the the things that are maybe weaknesses in your partner tolerable? <laughs> you know, yes. Are they like or are they deal breakers? You know, some of these things are really important to consider. And I do think that like uh, maybe some of that very high divorce rate is driven by just you know people who go into marriages just without considering some of these factors. Well, well self self awareness, self knowledge. Sure, yeah. I I will tell you. I, I was a tro- for decades. I'm, I was literally decade, even well into my marriage. I was not self-aware, uh, you know. So that's part of the problem, and, and a lot of that comes from therapy, etc. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and uh, if you're and but most people don't make you know they make decisions about getting a car or your job. Yeah. But something that's going to be forty or fifty year of commitment. Sure. Uh, you know, it's uh, most of us don't. Uh, that marriage is maybe the only thing that that we commit to that's that mm. that intense emotionally financial mm-hmm. uh and so we don't have good way to practice for that yeah small things get you uh ready but um but it's only with maturity and yeah. time do you, right. do you are you able to say i don't think you could have said this six or eight or ten years ago right uh so you've learned it a long way just like i had to learn it along the way uh um that uh that uh uh, that this type of growth is extremely important, uh, and, and the growth about yourself, understanding yourself, sure. and so uh, before you try to present yourself to somebody else. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> I I do think that it's poss- It's certainly possible for people who get married, you know, without considering at all out of these things up front, to still maintain a marriage and have a happy marriage along yes. the way. Um, and learn to do these things along the way Most as well do. too. Right. Most of us have to yeah. along the way. It's not, it's not a, like, well, I'm, I'm 80% of the way there. Let's sure. just get married. I'll get to the last 20%. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 you know, I would say a lot of people are two, three, five, 10% yeah. of the way about self-knowledge and stuff before they get married, then they have to learn along the way. Um, and I think that's part of the excitement. I mean, I, you know, some people want to get married because they want to have a steady Eddie partner at dinner and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and, you know, and whenever they go, uh, whenever they go to the movies and stuff like yeah. that, a companion, it's kind of trans- yeah, right. transactional. Transactional, sure. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Uh, uh, and certainly uh, 
de- you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago, marriage was transactional. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that's not how we do it in the United States, not in the Western yeah. c- cultures typically. Um, uh, so um, I think that's absolutely correct that you mm-hmm. have to learn. And it is not just about the other person notice, uh, not just uh, what yeah. their favorite food and their yeah. favorite color is, mm-hmm. but actually recognize what the other person really is like, what, what comforts them. What, yes. What, what, uh, and plus you, you yeah. know, what, what, what uh, you know, whatever it's in juxtaposition, juxtaposition, what you thought you liked and then juxtapose it to what your partner or your loved one, your, your spouse sure. likes. Uh, big difference. I think there's... Um, there's, I think there is some value to premarital counseling too. Yes, and yes. I think, so the Ta- obvious- Taking seriously, not like I did where I showed up barely <laughs> on barely on time and I was already, my mind was elsewhere. But yeah, anyway. I mean, and so I think there, the, my, our, the premarital counseling that Eric and I have was actually pretty long and extensive. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm grateful for the relationship that we built with the people doing it with us. Um, the... I think all, you know, all t- types of premolar counseling will focus on different things, some on more like heart C level stuff and like communication mm-hmm. skills and some on more nuts and bolts things. Mm-hmm. I think I was sort of of the opinion that like, oh, I really need to learn about these nuts and bolts things because these are the real the real things that are going to come up in my marriage and mm-hmm. we're going to have to deal with them. I have to know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish I would have realized how th- those things will come. Right. If you don't have a foundation of being able to talk to one another yes. um, and listen mm-hmm. and uh, explain your own point of view in a way that doesn't come off accusatory to the right. other person, you are not going to get anywhere. You're never going right. to get to those practicals right. that they listed right. off that you might have to deal with about how to pay for your kid's college right. down the road, you know? It's, you're right. Communication, which uh, you could communicate well, right? English papers and rhetoric and all yeah. that stuff. But the communication about personal stuff that's touchy, that's t- that touches at like your vulnerabilities, yeah, uh, which is not something I was modeled for me and not something I'm good at. Mm. Uh, but I had to learn slowly, very yeah. slowly, painfully. Yeah. Uh, but I would argue that that's exactly where it is. The vulnerability about being able to say it and say it without feeling, without threatening yes. other people, not feeling threatened. Threaten yourself. Yeah, right. yeah. absolutely. And I, you know, I think that's also a beautiful benefit of of marriage too, is that when you're that close to somebody, where you have that level of vulnerability, it's um, my therapist has referred to it as unconditional positive regard. You know, where you just give the other person to- you're talking to the benefit of the doubt, of the right? Doubt. Yeah, the, the you just person. assume that this person is not trying to hurt me. They're right. not trying to trick me. Right. They're not trying to insult me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take seriously what their concerns are, and we can work together through yes. through that hardship. So sure. I think, I mean, that's been. I guess you would call that intimacy at some level as well, too. Um, I think it's a beautiful part of marriage. I have to agree. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what about old age? Let's talk about, Mm -hmm. let's talk about being, being an old person. I mean, my personal thing is I think it would be better to grow old with a spouse than to be, than to get old by myself and have to rely on my, my friends or another community that I've built. Well, what, what happens is what what happens, what I see with myself and my, Mm -hmm. my, my, my patients is that, um, uh, it's pretty scary to to go through life, or to, especially the last part of your life, last half, last quarter of your life, and who knows when when the last half, sure, or the last of quarter. You can look at it retrospectively and know it was the last half or last quarter, but mm. you may not know why you're in the throes of it. It's pretty scary to be alone, and you know there's there's a different types of alone and lonely. You can have friends and family within a few miles, etc., and and still feel alone. Um, but so it is fairly frightening. What happens, of course, is that uh, is that depression increases. As we, uh, potential for depression increases as we grow older. Certainly, uh, if you're widowed or divorced, mm-hmm. uh, the increased risk for uh, alcohol and other uh, other issues, yeah. especially with men, alcohol consumption. Uh, um, uh, if they have medical illnesses, uh, loneliness and depression, and live by themselves, there's increased risk for alcoholism, for instance. Yeah. Uh, but but there's no doubt that that uh, as we grow older, uh, having a, a marriage, something that's that's tried and true. Uh, it's been stable for quite a while. Is something to rely on for that'll extend, I believe, extend your health and your life. Yeah. Um, um, but it's not to negate that people with long-term relationships or or, or partners or other families don't don't also help. But it's it's a little different whenever you you've shared decades with somebody who still lives with you. Uh, as you grow old together. Yeah. I mean, the whole, you know, in sickness and in health part, I mean, obviously, you know, as we age, you know, there are going to be sicknesses and and difficult times. And having someone that not only, like, is able to take care of you, but can take care of you from a place of, I 
right. I love you. I would right. lay down my life for you. You know, right. that's and that's not a kind of relationship that you're going to see as frequently, you know, among friends or, less, you know, less people at your so. church. Yeah, the importance is, of course, also by the same token, it's not like I'm somebody's going to is here to, to, to take care of me while I feed, sure. feed me and close, you know, whenever I'm demented. And all. Part of it is that you take care of yourself so that the other person does yes. not have to, uh, you know, do it too early and, and do so much of it so that you take Thank care you of yourself. Thank you for saying that. And yeah, I hope my husband hears you that's, say that. That's <laughs> a, that's a, well, it's, all, it's all men and women. It's not, it's not just, yeah. but it's a self-responsibility. By the way, we want you to be, have less morbidity and, and, yeah. and longer life, less mortality, less, less, less short short lifespan. Um, I, you know, I'm not worried about overpopulating the earth. That's another discussion. Uh, but taking care of yourself make, means a big difference in terms of your, your your ability to enjoy life together. Oh my gosh, yeah, and your and you know your kids, your adult right. children's level of enjoyment as well. And I mean, if it's, you have grandkids, yeah. be able to play with them. All that stuff matters. Yeah, for sure. Um, what else? What else have we? Is there anything we've missed? Anything else you want to say? Yeah, well, uh, I, the uh, like I said, uh, I think a lot of this, uh, you know, um, the the big picture items, uh, you know, about uh, about getting married, but also um, understanding that you're meeting each other at one point in your life, and mm-hmm. you're both, and hopefully you're both change and grow together as opposed to apart. Yeah, it's automatically going to change and uh, change and grow. Right. It's just the question is, if, is you going to be together so you can complement each other and support each other or is it mm-hmm. going to be a part where eventually it's going to say i don't need this anymore yeah. i've grown apart from you i don't need to um, I, I don't care where, where you sleep tonight mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's it's extremely important the change is going to happen right uh so that's that's a big deal for me i think that's what i when i talk to people uh, do you think that stuck. catches people off guard yeah they're stuck they're uh-huh. stuck as if why don't they why aren't they like this like they were you know before yeah. the answer is none of us are like we were before yeah. we have features of it we have bits and pieces but it's not it's not the same yeah uh, so that's that's uh, that's the uh, part we, we talked about the lack of un- you know don't assume unconditional love and right. stuff like that people could be judging you they're going to be critiquing you all this stuff like that but it comes from a place i i think part of it as we grow older it's not automatic mm-hmm. uh for a lot of us some people automatically unconditional love uh is that uh unconditional love doesn't always mean unconditional that you're right sure so i think there's a big difference i think guys tend to lump things that <laughs> kind of conflate everything yeah. it's like if you married me and you think I can provide for it and can help yeah. and lose this, you want to have children with me, why don't you accept that I do this, that, yeah, and the other yeah, thing? Yeah, why yeah. don't you, if you accepted me for these things, why do you reject me for these other things? Mm. So I think that's some of the discussions I have with guys especially yeah. <clears throat> as they're conflating things um, um, that don't necessarily go together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, every time I talk to people, it reminds me, you know, it's like, hey, you, you sometimes have done this or you still do this. Yeah. Uh, and it catches me off, uh, off guard when I'm like, oh, I should, I should hear myself talk occasionally (laughs) yeah i think um you know building uh good marriage healthy marriages are very sacrificial and it it involves a lot of way in a positive way yeah not like not being a doormat right right. but that's that's an important difference yeah um just being emotionally um vulnerable and open and yeah and just willing to willing to entertain the idea of changing things about yourself or changing the way that you express Mm -hmm. yourself to your partner. I think that that, um, you know, it challenges our sense of pride or, you know, that I I get to, I get to decide how I am and you just have to deal with it and you're going to love me or not. That's the unconditional love piece. And I think unconditional love runs both ways that do you, do you love yourself and your lifestyle more than than this other person, more than your family, more than your spouse? Right. Or are you going to be willing to sacrifice, you know, some of the things that may have brought you joy or wh- whatever it is mm-hmm. um, in order to keep this healthy dynamic going? And I think that that's something I've really seen in my parents, mm. um, you know, just whether it's a sacrificing of comfort or a sacrificing of how you would rather be spending your time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, and all of that comes back to just the the intention, you know, of, of that building process throughout marriage as opposed to I, letting it arrive. I yeah. totally agree. Um, what I find with me, my wife makes fun of me because for my daughters who are adults and married, I still kind of Google over my daughters. I'll do anything for them, <laughs> blood relatives. But my wife, I'll challenge her, and she'll challenge me and stuff like yeah. that. And I recognize, you know, my daughters because of are because of my wife. They, mm. they, they uh, but it's interesting how the kind of blood relatives, you know, blood is thicker than water. Uh, and for me to catch myself on that and say, hey, why, you know, this is this is a big deal for your, for for Julie, and, yeah. and, and so for me to say. 
automatically my kids know they've always known that you know for both of, both her, their parents love them forever forever and ever yeah. but for me to understand that uh, that it's not uh, you know I have, they, I was married only a short while before both kids came along uh, and uh, uh, so for me to say hey this is it's a different it's a different there's a difference between your wife and your daughters there should be mm-hmm. and now that they're out of the house and married and stuff like mm-hmm. that hey you know this is a big deal Chucky yeah. uh, so um, uh, for me to, to, to be cognizant uh, consciously uh, change yeah. because it's, it is important um, and I've chosen for it to be important not somebody told me but I've right. chosen and that's important for people to understand the difference between automatic and it works versus yes. you've chosen and it works yes. you've chosen and worked at it hard for yeah. it to make it to work yeah. both of them get you the same place but one of them is automatic it was just already done and you kind of fell into it in the groove and you yeah. just ran the race another one you had to consciously do, I don't do know. something I don't know both of them get you to the same place i don't know if i would agree with that i mean you have to be incredibly lucky to like stumble into a beautiful long-term marriage mm-hmm. like to just magically end up there like that has that would take like miraculous I don't, I don't levels of coincidence <laughs> yeah exactly i mean i don't i don't know anybody who's like real not right not i mean not just like yeah we're happily married but we don't you know we hang out in different rooms of the house all the time and don't really right. t- t- you know interact at all but like people who are like really long-term friends and companions mm-hmm. that enjoy each other's company and can laugh together and can meet each other's emotional needs. Like there is no stumbling into that. That takes grit and determination and willingness to, you know, forgive mm-hmm. and say sorry <laughs> and improve in certain areas. So I, what? I mean, and I think it's so worthwhile too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just think about looking at my parents and my grandparents too, that they just, they, have been through so much, they've done so much in their lives, but the because they have been so intentional about investing in their relationship and mm-hmm. building up their marriage that they are like thick as thieves, even 36 years later, you know, mm-hmm. best friends, confidants, they're still in love with each other, they're enamored with each other still, they're not um, annoyed by each other's presence mm-hmm. and avoiding each other. I think that that's beautiful to me yes. and really something that I aspire to. And the, sure. the reason why I want to keep like working on the stuff along the way so right. that I can enjoy that. I think it's you're, you're, you're well on your way. Oh, well, okay. Well, um, did we say it all? Did we, it's, I think it's, uh, you could go <laughs> much of a different direction. But I think it's, uh, so in the end, both of us have been married a while. Both of us are still going to be married. I'd say uh, really married. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, we're still going to be married tomorrow. <laughs> that's right. And I want to tell I, I want to tell uh, I I love you to uh, Julianne Tadros, my, oh. my 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 wife of thirty years, oh. and Abby Abby Marie Ellison, uh, who's been married now a month, and her husband Andrew Ellison. We lo- I love you too, and my baby girl Elise Noel Dunn, and uh, her husband Ryan Dunn. Uh, they got married first, and uh, they showed they showed us how uh, they showed Abby how to do it right, Aww. and Andrew. So it was, it was what a blessing. That's precious. Well, I love you, Eric Michael Diedrichsen, and I love that our love is gonna have a new family member in the spring. <gasps> so. Dropping that on the pod, Vanessa's pregnant. All right. There, there she is. is. She yeah. said it. It's real. She said it. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful i'm like really really grateful for the the um examples of my my parents and grandparents and other you know married people that i know i think that um it certainly makes it much easier to (laughs) commit to this process of being Mm -hmm. married and growing together when you've seen lots of other people do it and Mm -hmm. knowing that you can do it too so Thank you for all of you long married people that have set great examples for us. Thank you to my mom and dad that showed how they could immigrate with three young boys and, and uh, make a big success out of uh, out of all sorts of uh, things that they've never lived long enough to see. But it's uh, we have witnesses. Absolutely. All right. So if you want to get a hold of us and tell us how wrong we are about this whole marriage thing and absolutely hand it to us. Um, I, we would love your feedback and we would love to be set straight. You can reach us at notyourdocpod at gmail.com. That is notyourdocpod at gmail.com. Um, we are so grateful that you listen. We're going to bring you more medical and non-medical topics along the way. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for doing this with me, Dr. Tadros. I love Good talking up. about these things with you. T- tough, tough topics that are very common and, uh, and I think are, uh, affect us every day. So yeah. Good. Thank you very much. Thanks for 
doing the point counterpoint with me. Yeah, absolutely. And we're thinking, Seth suggested that we make this into a series. So <laughs> there will be more point counterpoint to come as Thanks. we disagree on our podcast. Thanks, Seth. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks, y'all. We'll see ya. This previous podcast represents my opinions and the opinions of my guests. This is not medical advice, and I'm not establishing a physician-patient relationship with any listener. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only, and because each patient is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions that you may have.